Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, this podcast, of course, is is standalone every week. It's outside of the of the main show. If you if you're not familiar with with the main show, the Rick and Bubba show, you can go to rickandbubba.com. Find all the different ways to grab all the different uh, content that is available Monday through Friday. And and you know, Bubba, this is just a, a, a something we set up. We get to interview people that we really would would prefer to do a long form interview with, which is the beauty of a podcast. And and today. Uh, we have a very interesting guest. Now, I know for you today, there'll be just a little bit of shame. Well, I have a confession to make, and, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest with Al about that uh, and, and the shame that I bear because of it. Uh, but Al Petrelli <laughs> is with us. Uh, he is uh, one of the musical directors, guitarists, and, uh, and founding members of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. T-S-O. T-S-O. Al, welcome to Rick and Bob University, the podcast. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's good to be here. I hope everybody by you is safe and healthy and doing the best we can during these times. You we, know, it, it has been a difficult couple of years. We've got, what, uh, two guys vaccinated, four of us that have had it. So, yep. we, we, you know, we've, we've made a run at it here. Well, I love it. Respect. Uh, well, I'm glad you're okay, too. And, and trying to, you know, I know last year, you know, nobody could tour. And, you know, it was just uh, difficult. Now we're trying to say, look, we got to have our lives back. But we need to be as safe as possible, and and we are excited. That it's Tran- a balancing act. It is sure. that Trans Siberian Orchestra, which I will tell you this, Al, one of the coolest names ever created. You know, we all grew up loving the voice guy on the concerts, and I've heard your guy the commercials that are put together that are fully produced with the you know the booming voice. But th- when the guy sits down to read, he must love the flow. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> just fun to I, say. I, I mean, it is just, I mean, I, I love saying it. Sometimes I just say it throughout my day. I just love it. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that. Listen, you know, my boss, the gentleman who created this whole thing, Paul O'Neill, sat me down one day in the middle of uh, recording the first record. He goes, I got the name of the band. And I was like, oh, cool. What is it? And he goes, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And you know, like when your dog looks at you and yeah. goes like that? When yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I said, Dude, you can call this anything you want. You know, it's awesome. So the name stuck and it became a, a household name and a, a tradition for so many families and so many people across the country now globally. I'm just proud to be part of it. I'm, I'm proud to be talking to you gentlemen about it this morning. So, Al, yeah. and, and let me just get out of the way. My, this, my is so uncom- this is uncomfortable okay. for me. Al, I have never seen y'all perform. Unbelievable. And I am, <laughs> I am, I am ashamed because I hear so much about it. Everybody that, that tells me about it, they just go on and on, and they go, you don't know what you're missing. I can't believe you. And I, every year I go, well, I got to go this year. And and when you guys come through, it's always kind of in the December time frame, and something's going on. And I'm just embarrassed, but I'm going to be honest about it. Well, don't be, dude. Listen, life kicks in. You take care of what you need to first, and hopefully this year, you know, listen, it's the return of live music, okay? I'm so glad that we're going back to the BJCC Center, okay? Right. It's the 25th anniversary, so if you're going to come to a show, this is the year to come and join us. You know, the thing you're going to love, I like uh, it. Al, because you've you've been to Birmingham many times. I, I've Unlike Bubba, you know, I don't have to live in shame because I've actually been. Yeah, I don't think uh, Rick misses a year. Yeah, I think and this— I have to hear about it. I'm going to put a scarlet TSO on Bubba, and he's going to have to wear it <laughs> until he has been. But anyway, um, so I know how much you guys respect Birmingham. you got a great relationship. Uh, with Birmingham, there's been some really cool moments, like when Tommy Shaw joined. Uh, yeah. You know that that, that that just incredible. Uh, but that you know they're redoing the entire arena. So by the time you guys get here, 
they're they're yeah, sh- upgraded big time. It will be upgraded, uh, and I think you're going to love that. Well, yeah, it's funny because we played there in 19, and then they said that they're going to renovate the building over the course of 20 into 2021. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to miss Birmingham for a year. Well, everything changed that year. So I'm just glad that, you know, you could have a brand new arena. You guys deserve the best in that town. I've been coming through town for 30-something years. I love it there. I've watched the town grow up just like everything else. Uh, you know, to, to come back there after a year being away from this is going to be emotional and exciting. And again, to celebrate our 25th anniversary with you guys who have made us part of your community and your your tradition, you know, I couldn't be happier to do that. Well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna guess this answer because we're in the entertainment business, and you know, rarely in the entertainment business do you ever think that anything's going to last for any long period of time. When mm-hmm. when 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 Paul, uh, God rest his soul, brought this up, uh, first of all, is there anything to Trans Siberian Orchestra other than it sounds cool? I mean, uh, but I mean, is that was is, there anything is, meaning is, behind that? Yeah, is it any more any more any more complicated than that? Uh, I think musically, it's the most complicated thing I'd ever been part of. Visually, what our crew is able to do, it, it's almost superhuman what these men are, you know, to put on that kind of production. And at the center of the whole thing, you know, out of the big brain and genius that is Paul O'Neill, wrote this beautiful Frank Capra-esque story called Christmas Eve and Other Stories. So when you tie those three things together, put the heading Trans-Siberian Orchestra over it, you know, the fact that it's had that longevity I think it's based upon that everybody in your community and around America and now globally relates so deeply to his story, enjoys the music so much because it's, it's really genre. It's every genre of music. And then when you go to the arena and you watch it, there's a snowstorm, there's pyro, there's lasers, there's moving trusses, there's video screens, you know, how could you not fall in love with it? It's, it's <laughs> it, over the top. It, 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 I will say this, you know how sometimes there's always hyperbole or you, you know, we throw things around more than we should words like awesome and, and all this unbelievable, yeah, but, 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 but I'm going to tell you something. I went to see, you know, which I think if it's possible to see the, the original show. Okay. Which is what I saw. And, 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 but the thing you can't do, which is a compliment to everything you guys have put together in the vision that Paul had. And I know that that has now continued when someone says I didn't go, nor have I've ever been. So tell me about it. Sure. <laughs> you, 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 you can't do it. I mean, I, I, I always just say, I can't, there's no way that I can describe it that you would go, Oh, I get an idea of what I'm going to experience. It, it's a show. Yeah. yeah I'm going to use the word show. Yeah. It is a show. You, you have to go and there is no other. And I, and I'm glad that there's been attempts to put it on, you know, a, a TV and record it. No offense to those things. They're wonderful. You have to be, in the arena. It's a nice supplement if you want to, but if you want to experience Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you have to get in the arena. You got to get the full thing. You got to feel the power of the orchestra. You got to see the visual things that your your brain is going. I'm trying to remember all this and try to see if I can't get you to explain it later, but you won't be able to. It it is a audio visual extravaganza. And I'm going to tell you, I know you good enough, Bubba, 27 years we've been doing this show. You guys have done it 25. We've done it 27. I'm telling you, this is your deal. Oh, you, I know. You, I know. You, that's you, why I'm kind of mad at myself you, that I haven't you, been to. You it. would love this. And I would say that to anybody that's watching this podcast or listening to it. If you've never been to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra, 
you need to get the tour dates if it's if it's anywhere near you and plan to go more than <laughs> once uh but 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 go and and so you you were at the very beginning and and mm-hmm. so when Paul is laying this out to you are you thinking cuz i remember the first time i heard about it and somebody tried to explain it to me and i was like what is this trans siberian orchestra and, and a, a friend of mine that's seen you guys multiple times and he said well it's it's almost like classical music and hard rock <laughs> are coming at you at the same time it, mm-hmm. it, it it's an orchestra of rock and roll and classical but even the classical is rock and rollish and 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 then think about the biggest concert tour visually you've ever seen and and then and then and then you then just when you think you've got it oh and by the way there's a story what yeah yeah and oh yeah and every, and every now and then there's actors on so I'm sorry what did you say and it's like look and then finally you just give up so when it was being laid out to you the first time, did you buy in immediately, or you were like, "No, no, we're going to do what? Uh, where, where, where does this come from?" Uh, it's a little bit of both. And first of all, I love hanging out with you guys because I don't have to do any talking. Yeah, I'm just here. You're trying to explain something that I've been trying to <laughs> twenty five years, dude, and I stumble every time. So let's go back to the beginning. Okay. All right? Yeah, I've known Paul O'Neill since about nineteen eighty five. Um, I was cutting my teeth as a guitar player in New York City. He was well on his way to being a great producer, songwriter, the whole thing. He just had it sewed up. And we always said, listen, we'll have to work together one day. You fast forward 10 years. It was uh, early winter, 95. He called me up. He goes, I got this thing I'm working on, and I, I could kind of use some help. Would you be interested in trying to play some guitar? Because he, he listened to a lot of guitar players. Uh, there was just a certain something that was missing in this thing that he was working on. I said, dude, I'll be right there. I, I've been looking forward to working you, with you or for you for a while. Anyway, I get to the studio. Uh, he puts the faders up to what was going to become Christmas Eve Stereo of 1224. And again, I, I looked at him and I'm like, what's with the Christmas song? <laughs> and he kind of laughed, you know, with those big blue eyes. And he smiled and he says, well, it's not really a Christmas song. It's a soundtrack depicting events that took place on Christmas Eve during the Bosnian War. I said, all right, you got my attention. What's up? And he, he told me, and this is historically true, that uh, during the war, there was a cellist, a classically trained cellist that used to go to the town square and play uh, Mozart and Chopin and Brahms and, and Beethoven and Bach and all the great composers work in protest of the bombing raids that were coming in. And I said, and right there, the hair on my arm stood up because I said, dude, I was Alice Cooper's musical director and I played Zagreb and Belgrade in 1990 before the war. I was in that town square. I remember what it looked like, smelled like, you know, I I made some friends over there when we toured and a lot of them were unfortunately killed during the war. I said, just, you know, press go, you know, right now, press record. And he hit it and I immediately went. And I started playing that. We got, and all the parts I played, he goes, that's it. That's what I've been missing. That completes my soundtrack. Now, you know, the listeners will understand the angst and the horror and the drama and the power that was going on during that moment in time. And I high-fived them. You know, it was like, dude, this is awesome. And what a beautiful piece of music. Little did I know that that little lightning strike and that spark not only kind of solidified our working relationship and our brotherhood, but this is what was going to become the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And this is literally, that was winter 95, so 26 years ago. Is when this little wow. thing just happened. It's oh. changed everybody. 
All right. Well, we're talking to Al Petrelli, uh, music director and one of the founding members of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. We're going to dive in and, and, and learn as much as we can today when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right. So Al Petrelli is with us with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, we, we heard how this began. I, I can I think we all go back and we do the I remember when. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I remember the first time that I heard this 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 production of course i didn't know about what it was really called i thought to myself that's the coolest rendition of carol of the bells yeah. I've, ever, I've ever heard in my entire life and i and i don't know what to do with it um but yeah. but you know and and i and i thought um you know because even my brother who you know we hate to say it, he's not a huge fan of christmas music which you know you think you know and you know he is he's a bit of an ebenezer scrooge when it comes to christmas music and, uh, and, and, and I said, but he loves his rock and roll. And I said, when you hear this, <laughs> when you hear this, you think you don't want to hear Carol of the Bells again? And, and I said, but listen to this. And of course, it, it was just this take on this classic riff that just blows our mind. I mean, and, and, and hearing how it started, that's really cool. Al, let, let me ask you this. When you guys do a performance, it is a big show. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you've played all over the world, but are there some big shows that stand out in your mind where you went, wow, this is, this is surreal even for me? Um, yeah. One in particular um, would be the first show that we ever did in 1999. And you got to understand that we had started recording um, these records in 96. We put two records out, Christmas Eve and Other Stories in 96 and The Christmas Attic in, in 98. I think it was when it was released. So basically, we were becoming like the Steely Dan of Christmas. We just make the records touring, <laughs> and it's like, all right, this is kind of cool, you know. Selling a couple million copies, I'm like, dude, dude, dude I'm having the time of my life here. Right. And somebody dared Paul to do a show in '99, and and I said to him, I go, how are we ever going to go out on tour? You had like ten singers on this record. You had a children's choir. You got an orchestra. Yeah. He goes, we'll figure it out. I right, I'm in. So we rehearsed. We pretty much, you know we're winging it in rehearsal okay there's a narrator we need music under the narration uh instead of the children's choir we're gonna have a gospel rendition of that song we were just putting it together and it was coming together so easy which is always a good sign anyway we're rehearsing we're rehearsing we're rehearsing and opening night is at the tower theater in philadelphia and it had sold out in like i think a half an hour so we were stoked you know a couple thousand people there i don't know who these people are going to be but they're there they're going to be there we're going to be there this is going to be something and the house lights went down and the curtain came up and I looked in the audience and I immediately had half a heart attack because in front of me is these, this beautiful older couple, you know, maybe pair of grandparents, whatever, you know, those <laughs> like crochet reindeer yeah. sweaters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gorgeous. I mean, I look at, but next to them was a dude in a Slayer hoodie. And I was like, Oh, we're, we're dead. You know, I didn't know to turn up and down. I just put my head down and played every note in the correct order. <laughs> and at the end of that show, they gave us such a standing ovation that a couple of us walked off the front of the stage and started shaking people's hands and hugging them because we were so moved by the reaction. And, you know, that will always forever be in my mind as as the sheer terror that was running through my brain until we finished the show. Al, I've got to ask you, because I remember even on the show, Rick, we we played a a news story about one of your performances, and I can't remember exactly what year it was, Twenty. 12, 13, somewhere in there. It's been several years ago, but it was at the Brandenburg Gate in Germany. Uh-huh. One million people on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's why I remember it being a huge crowd, just a sea of people. Did you say one million? One million people were at the Brandenburg Gates. That's their big celebration for New Year's Eve. 
And it was not that it's funny, but we finished our show, uh, I think, in Dallas, Texas on the 30th. And it was immediately you get onto a jet and fly to Germany. You know, and I think I, I don't know if you gain eight hours. You lose yeah, that. That's an easy trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We showed up, and you know, fortunately, you know, I wear these things, and without them, I can't see two feet in front of me. <laughs> so when I got on stage, you know, I, I really can't see that much. <laughs> but you can see a million people because it just went on from Berlin halfway to Munich. It was like I've never seen anything like that in my life, and and the band performed. I, we've accomplished so much. Twenty five years went by in literally a half a heartbeat yeah. you know i mean time just flies gentlemen and you all know you know it's our most precious commodity and the older i'm getting more i'm like trying to hang on to every moment of it because if i keep looking in the rearview mirror you know 59 years of my life are behind me now yeah, yeah. but what what paul o'neill and the o'neill family and this organization organization excuse me has accomplished in 25 years is is remarkable you know it's like watching one of my children grow up from infancy to young adulthood and them becoming a senator or, or something extraordinary. It, it, this has exceeded every one of my expectations. And sometimes the only time I really kind of like deal with it is when we're like when I'm with guys like you were just talking about it. Other than that, I'm constantly looking forward. Like, how can we make this better? How are we going to make this tour more important? How are we going to make that note sound better? But every so often I get to look over my shoulder and go, God, this has been a great run. How in the world do you set up enough gear so one million people? Now, you guys are powerful. And and when I say they're powerful, they're not loud like oh no yeah. that that's annoying. I don't know. And, Bob Howell's got that yeah, many speakers, yeah, you're right? Wreck, you know? I mean that's a lot of power. <laughs> uh, but but obviously you did it. But did it require more than normal, or did, would it, was yeah. it was whatever you guys normally use sufficient? No, it was all supplied there. I mean, and again, there's a kind of my job is to um, run the band musically. Okay. I have the great privilege of being surrounded by some of the best department heads and crew guys and tech guys on God's earth. So I never once questioned what's going to, you know, just tell me where to plug in boys, hand me the keys. I'm going to do my thing. Then I'm going to hand you the keys back. And I can say, see you later. You know, you got to understand that our crew, most of them have been with us for the better part of 20 years. Remember we started in 1999 was the first show. One box truck, two buses and a fog machine is all we had. You know, we were we the coolest thing then, dude, you know, and, the trajectory we've grown up over the years to the point where the crew has 30 days to set up for the first show. You know, we get into production rehearsals about a month before the downbeat of opening night, 30 days. And they're rehearsing the show, just like we're rehearsing the show. They even rehearse how to back the trucks into the arena in a specific order. They got it down to a science because they got six hours to set up for the second show. Right. You know, a lot of these cities, it's two shows a day. So, they got it down. We could not ever in a million years do our job without, I think we have about 85 guys on our crew. So, Al, is, it, my, ju is it just one crew? You don't have two that can one go in front of the Y'all do it with one crew, oh, which is amazing. No, 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 no. That's it. I got my buses, my trucks, my crew, my band. Go that way. You know, and every day, <laughs> a dash. You know, they'll have it torn down by midnight and we'll drive 400 miles and they'll start setting it up at six o'clock in the morning. And again, they are amazing. So you, you probably mentioned the number in that, but say that one more time. When you talk about band crew performers, all the lights and things that go along with that promotional, what, when we say TSO, how many people is that total that has to go from venue to venue? Well, remember that you got caught up into two bands 
in 2000. So any number that I give you just in your head, double, okay? Right. 99, we did seven or eight cities. In 2000, promoters all over the country wanted shows. We could physically not go from Boston to Seattle to Texas right. to Birmingham. You know, it was not going to happen. So Paul Nails pointed to me, he goes, you, go that way. Rest go this way, and we'll figure it out. Again, something <laughs> unprecedented, but I just looked at I'm in, coach. Put, you know, we're good. Anyway, so when I finished in 2019, uh, the last show was at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, and I, I um, said goodbye to everybody in the band and the crew. Um, there's 85 people on our crew, 17 people in the band, a six-piece orchestra, 21 tractor trailers, and 12 buses. That's just for my band, not to mention, again, double that for the East Coast March. It's grown up from a really great musical art form into this extraordinarily huge production. Well, yeah, because that was what I was, and, I, and I'm going to wow. use this analogy, and I do think it fits. So really, because I learned that early on from my friend that was obsessed with you guys. <laughs> he said, well, now look, when you go to this show tonight, we may get this band or that band. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, well, mm-hmm. it's just like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. There's or the Globetrotters. The, there's, the, there's, the, there's, the, there's the red team and there's the blue team, you know, when the circus right. was still on the road. And I said, so they have two completely unique, independent set up of this exact same show? And he said, absolutely. That even makes it crazier. And, and, so, and so each one has its own music director, right? There's mm-hmm. two of you. So there's two music directors. So, so who is the music director of the uh, East Coast Bunch now? A gentleman named Derek Whelan, an incredibly gifted piano player. Uh, he's got his master's degree from Juilliard. Uh, he's like one of those guys. He's so good, it's scary good, you know? <laughs> and Derek got involved. He was actually in the band with me um, starting, I think, back in 2004, 2005. And I heard this guy play piano. I'm like, okay, come over here. You know, I got you. <laughs> and we toured together for about eight years. And um, when the original MD on the other coast, Bob Kinkle, uh, decided that, you know, it's, he wanted to just stay home, whatever the circumstances were. Uh, it made perfect sense to have Derek go over there and run that shit because, you know, we've been working together for so long. We want the bands to sound as identical as two bands can sound, given, you know, the chemistry of live music. But the funny thing is, is that when we go to um, the Mid-America Center, which is in uh, just uh, all over the river from uh, Omaha, Nebraska, in Council Bluffs, Iowa, both bands set up one at one end of the arena, one at the other end of the arena. And on alternate days, we'll take the big stage. Like I'll be on the big stage with my band, like running the pyro hits, the laser stuff, the moving trusses. The other band will be in like a locker room rehearsing like the nickel dime parts of, of the music. And then the next day we'll swap back out. So for 30 days, it's just back and forth, making sure that we're as identical as identical. Wow. So that is the dividing line. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not cross the equator. Don't come on my side. <laughs> don't, don't come. Well, uh, we'll come back and we'll continue because I want to talk about this 25th anniversary uh, in this mm-hmm. tour and, and how many places we're going uh, and, and what we can expect uh, when we go out to catch this tour. So stay with us. We'll come back more with Al Petrelli of TSO when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. So, Bubba, you and I have, uh, have been you know, at this uh, quite a while, and uh, we, we've had products uh, that have come and they have gone, and some have really resonated with the audience. Others you know, didn't, and, and some somewhere in between. But Raycon uh, and these earbuds, it's interesting that we're talking on this podcast about uh, incredible music. Uh, you, it, look, it's such a waste for somebody to go to all the, the, the effort for this, this recording to sound so incredible and then you're playing it through something inferior. 
but I know a lot of times when it comes to earbuds, and, and we're all using these now, uh, if you don't have earbuds, you're nothing. Anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't go out for a walk without them. But, but what happens is you think, well, yeah, I'd like to have the quality of that, but wow, the price. And then some of them look odd, you know, hanging out of your ears and all that. <laughs> but with Raycon, these earbuds are about half the price of, of some of the brands out there. Uh, they also are much more discreet. Uh, they they have um, uh, really cool colors, and, and I, I like that they have multiple gel tips because some of our ears are different shaped, uh, so they not only look better, they feel better, and, of course, they sound better than ever, and, and they've got that improved rubber oil look and feel, which, uh, you know, is really, really comfortable in your ear. Uh, and they've got uh, three new sound profiles, too, to make sure that you're listening to the sound uh, that you like the best. It's got just the right amount of bass, you know, in the uh, the, the pure mode there, and, and uh, it's it's for podcast listening, blues, instrumental. A balanced mode would be for podcast listening, but then more like Trans-Siberian Orchestra, more of a, a heavier rock sound. And then their bass mode is, you know, kind of like you like hip-hop and reggae and things like that. You literally can change what you, your earbuds to, to be customized to what you're listening to. Uh, so if you'd like to get yours right now, it's got a 45-day uh, happiness guarantee. If you don't love them, they'll, they'll replace them or give your money back. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pod for 15% off. That's on top of their great price. So that's buyraycon.com slash Pod for an additional 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash Pod. So we uh, had the pleasure today on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, to talk to Al Petrelli, music director, and, uh, and founding member of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, just like, uh, you know, 2020 is a year that, oh, my goodness, uh, and uh, no tour, uh, we, we, we felt so isolated. We, we, we really struggled uh, trying to find something to do. We didn't know what we were dealing with, and, and we were kind of just figuring it all out. But, but great news, the 25th anniversary year, Trans-Siberian Orchestra will be on full tour uh, and Al, I, I know there's a lot of excitement that goes with this. So let, let's talk about, you don't have to give us the whole, you know, set or whatever, but I'm going out. I love Trans-Siberian Orchestra or I'm Bubba and I'm finally going in to see this. <laughs> I'm coming into, to the arena in my city, uh, where you guys are playing. Uh, what am I going to get? Uh, what, 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 what is the show going to feature? Well, First of all, it's going to be the excitement and the energy of the return of live music, yes. I think, is the first thing that everybody's going to sense walking into an arena. Okay? Uh, historically, every show, I have the opportunity to kind of chat with the audience. And I always ask, you know, how many folks have seen us for the first time? And, I, and I'd say, you know, a good 30 percent, maybe 40 percent, you know, will kind of cheer and scream. And I'll get a good sense of like, OK, there, there's all the newbies. <laughs> And then I always ask, you know, and how, where's all my, what I consider my repeat offenders, guys who've been coming back year after year. And it's overwhelming. So the balance, 60, 70% of the people have been coming back all these years. So anybody who's never been to a show is immediately going to be kind of in the middle of this energy that it's, it's almost incomprehensible about how much these people love the trans Siberian Orchestra and have made this part of their holiday tradition. That's the first thing. As far as musically goes, it covers almost every genre of music. There's everything um, from the great works, from the, the, the great composers, you know, Mozart and Beethoven and, and Grieg and Liszt. You have gospel music, you've got choir music, you've got a, almost a Broadway theatrical presentation with the narration. You know, our narrator is bringing Paul O'Neill's poetry to life and explaining the story to the audience as these characters unfurl their, their, uh, their tales on stage. Uh, 
as far as production goes, you know, this is like trying to explain what does a lightning storm look like in person? You know, I've been struggling this way for years, dude. Like you said earlier, you can watch all the YouTubes you want. You can watch it on your phone, your, your computer. We could talk. Unless you're in the middle of a lightning storm in person, you don't get the impact and the magnitude of it. The biggest rock and roll production ever put together in an arena. So when you wrap that up all together, it, visually, sonically, it's over the top. But at the center of this whole thing is Paul O'Neill's beautifully written story, Christmas Eve and other stories. And that's what I think really cemented the deal with everybody because everybody relates to his story. Everybody misses somebody, especially around Christmas. Mm -hmm. All right. There's always an empty, uh, um, excuse me, an empty chair at the dining room table, especially after 2020 and all the horror tragic loss that we've all suffered. You know, Uh, everybody in the audience relates to Paul O'Neill's characters and story because again, we all miss somebody. And for the first time in maybe a year, you're going to be amongst 15 or 16,000 other people and realize that you're not alone in your thoughts and in your pain. Everybody's, you know, my cancer doesn't make your cancer any better or worse, but just sometimes knowing that everybody is in the same head and everybody knows what that feels like makes it just a little bit more palatable. And Al, you guys too, not only one of the top tickets ever for his live shows, you guys give back too. And I, I, I thought those numbers were very impressive too. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you bringing that up. And, and, you know, I'm, this is all Paul O'Neill, the O'Neill family. Um, $1 from every ticket sold from the jump since 99 has gone back into the community. Um, we're privileged and honored that you guys invite us back every year and that you've embraced us as part of your tradition. The least we could do uh, is try to, you know, help and give back a little bit to the community. You know, this is Paul O'Neill and the O'Neill family brothers. You know, they're the most generous, loving, caring uh, people I've ever had the privilege of knowing and working for. When, you know, when Paul and I, when I first started with Paul, we'd be walking through New York city, either to the studio, from the studio to the subway to dinner, whatever we were doing. And every time I turn around, he'd be reaching in his pocket and handed somebody or 10 or 20. And he'd look at me and he goes, look, it's not going to change my life. This money, you know, I'm not going to notice it, but it could change this person's day. Mm-hmm. And if I change their day, maybe I could change that tomorrow and nudge them in a better trajectory. And a dollar at a time, a show at a time, a song at a time, the, the O'Neills have tried to change the world. I think they're doing quite a job. I mean, it, it's just amazing to see what it's amounted to. And how many people, uh, how many people's lives have been positively affected by them? And share that number of what y'all have given back to date. Uh, well, I, I think it's over sixteen million dollars over the past twenty wow. years or so. Wow! That's it. Listen, little bits add up. Yep. You know, the, you know, yep. devil's in the details. You know, it doesn't have to be some over-the-top donation. I mean, it's you know, if you just maintain a consistency in what you're doing, it will make a difference over a period of time. So I, I know that we we're looking into the tour and you, and the things that those of us that have been before, we're not going to be disappointed. Uh, those that, th- those, <laughs> yeah, those that have never been there, man, that's a great feeling we're be blown away because everything, <laughs> uh, there is, uh, is, is going to be new to them. But, but say that I've been going multiple times. I was looking at some of the things about the tour. There will be some some new things that will be added. Even, even discussion of even some new songs, you're certainly going to pull, from the two albums that we all know so well, uh, because then, you know, everybody's disappointed if that doesn't happen, but are you going to drop, drop in? What, what do you mean when I see there's going to be some new stuff dropped in? You don't have to give it away, but you can talk to it. No, I guess, no, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, musically, I'm just going to tell y'all, you know, there's going to be some songs that we've never played before. 
you know, the, the front of the show is always like our introduction, like welcoming everybody, you know, to the tour. Uh, we wanted to make the intro extra special this year, considering like we weren't around last year, you know, and we want to set the tone for the rest of the evening. Uh, the centerpiece of the show, again, is our Christmas Eve and all the stories, top to bottom, soup to nuts with the narration. And the back half of the show is when we get to have some fun and again, bring out some songs we've never done before as well. Visually, I'd be lying to you guys if I, if I told you what to expect, because I won't know until I get to Omaha in a couple of weeks. But I can tell you this, every year, it's always been different. Every year, it's always gotten bigger. Uh, this past year, all our department heads, our crew chiefs, everybody's literally been home, out of work, just like me, you know, in their pajamas. But they've been like kind of doodling on their laptops or their iPads or whatever, coming up with all sorts of zany ideas. So I can't wait to see what they've come up with for all of us this year. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that, and you just confirmed that. These people have gotten something that, you know, we didn't want it to happen this way, but their creative minds have been given something they normally don't have a tremendous amount of time. <laughs> uh, and so there's no telling what you're going to see when you go to rehearsals. Brothers, I have no idea, but whatever it is, it's going to be over the top as usual. You know, and again, you know, the guys, the men and women on our crew love this thing as much as I do. You know, and everybody, you know, on the stage, I mean, on stage, under the stage, behind the stage, you know, everybody has been dying to just get back to work because most of us have been together like 20 something years now, you know, and this was taken away from us. Uh, you know, when you love something this much and it's taken from you, once you get it back, you know, you love it that much deeper and you cherish it that much more. So I promise you the energy across the board is, is going to be ridiculous. And, and again, I, I turn into a 15 year old every time I walk into the arena for the first time <laughs> and see all this stuff. It is the most awesome thing ever. Yeah, that, 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 that's all, you know, I, I hate to use the Christmas analogy, but that's like a little kid going, uh, waking up on Christmas <laughs> morning right. and, and seeing what everybody's got out there. Yeah. And every morning I get to do it every day, you know, for about 45 days, twice a day, you know, because listen, our first show is going to be, I think, November 17th, okay? Everybody's going to have a perfect first show that day. But when I get to see you guys not too long after, it's your first show. Might be my 10th, but it's going to be your first show of the 2021 season. Right. That means it makes it my first show all over again. So I kind of like live Groundhog Day for a couple months. Awesome. <laughs> we'll come back and we'll, we'll wrap up the podcast and spend one more segment talking to Al Petrelli. Uh, exciting news, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the 25th anniversary tour is scheduled, and they will start rehearsing here in a couple weeks, and then it'll kick off on uh, somewhere around November the 17th. You can get all that information by going to trans-siberian.com. We'll be back with uh, Al Petrelli. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so Bubba, um, you and I are, are all about looking for a, a product uh, maybe based on the way we see the world, because sometimes we're, you know, using other products. We're like, man, I don't necessarily disagree with the way this company does that or the way they see that, but man, I don't have any other option. Uh, so unless an, a better option or an equal option comes along, I'm stuck where I'm stuck. Well, yeah, what do you do? Well, when it comes to your, your cellular service, um, you know, if you're, if you're not pleased with where you are and you think maybe there's not an option out there because you don't want to lose service, you know, like we've even said uh, with you and I and, you know, we never want to try to get somebody to use a product out of guilt. We need to move to another product because the other product has merit. Uh, and Patriot Mobile has really, really uh, done a great job of offering, you know, another way for you to get your cellular service. And maybe you're more, you know, uh, you're, you're the, it's the only American Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, and this is the part that you may not know, they use the same towers as all the major carriers. So, 
the service is not going to be reduced. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. Now, more importantly, uh, Patriot Mobile shares um, you know, maybe the uh, points of views, and they believe uh, in, in religious freedom and constitutional rights, and, and uh, you know, they, their veteran and first responder uh, hero program is fantastic. So go to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation, by the way, with the offer code rickbubba. Uh, they always have special discounts, as I said, for veterans and first responders, and, uh, and they also, and this is for the multi-line account. So support a company that, uh, that may, maybe you look here and say, I don't want a reduction in my service, but there's some things uh, that I'm not comfortable with with the company that I'm using now. I wish I had another option. Well, maybe this is it. So go to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. That's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. All right, we're talking with Al Petrelli uh, with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Al, you as a musical director and the vision of, of Paul O'Neill. So uh, you've told us the, the enormity of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, we know that there's two bands that, that, that have to be filled to cover all, uh, thank goodness, all the demand on, on, on this, uh, this product. <laughs> Yeah. So, but but who does? I'm just thinking to myself. I mean, you know, I've I've seen many many musical uh, documentaries, and we're in the entertainment business. And there's the, you know, if I'm gonna be on the road with somebody, uh, you know, they may be super talented, but if they're they're if they're if they don't really fit what we're doing, it doesn't mean they're not talented enough. What are you guys looking for? What are some of the things when you say, all right, I'm putting together the band for the show that we're going to be doing. Uh, what are the the type of things you're looking for? And, and of course, you're finding it because, like, I remember when I saw you guys. Uh, I think during the time the music director that's doing the East Coast now, he was playing uh, piano mm-hmm. and keyboard, and uh, I'd love the thing that he did with the Charlie Brown Christmas and all that. That's always yeah, very good. That's so much fun! Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's a blast. But but what do you like when? Because there's a lot of great guitar players. There there's a lot mm-hmm. of great musicians. There's a lot of great singers. Uh, but what are you guys looking for when you're putting together a show? Well, first, obviously, you have to be able to, to you got to be able to play and you have to be able to play any particular style authentically. So not too many people can go from playing a, a Chopin piece uh, <laughs> to a Dr. John style piano, stride piano piece. You know, there's not that many. Um, guitar players, same thing. You got to be able to kind of be comfortable in any genre and play it authentically. So that's the first thing. Equally as important to that is you have to be completely selfless because this is not going to be about you. You know, this is about bringing Paul O'Neill's story to life. It's not being Edward Van Halen, you know, rest King Edward Saul. It's not about being in like a, a, a traditional rock and roll band where everybody's a rock star. This has nothing to do with it. You're part of an ensemble. It's like when you're building a house, you know, the band is the foundation for this beautiful dwelling that's upon the foundation. If there's any crack in the foundation or part of the foundation is not intact, the house is going to fall down. All right. My job is to make sure that everybody in that band understands you'll have your moment to shine. That's fine. But the rest of the time, you're in a supportive role for the singer, the song, and especially Paul O'Neill's story, because that's what people have fallen in love with. And you have to be okay with like a certain level of anonymity on stage. And I'm living proof of this. I was doing opening night in 2007, come running across the stage with my arm in the air in the middle of a good guitar solo, 
jumped like a 25 year old, landed like a 45 year old, and broke my leg, snapped my ACL in the middle of the show. Oh, no. Uh, oh. And finished the guitar song, sat down and played. Of course, yes. as it should be. But the rest of the show, and the audience kind of looked at me as like, that's a little weird. I mean, Alice having such an you know, introspective moment sitting down, huddled, you know, it looks like he's almost in pain. He really must be feeling the song. I no idea. <laughs> So anyway, you know, the, the lights go down and the, the crew, like, what happened? Boss, I'm like, I don't know, get me out of here. I'm screaming this thing, that hurt. Anyway, they put me on a bar stool down off the stage and I did the rest of the show there. And with about, within about two or three songs, the audience was kind of like, oh, okay, we're back to the show. You got to be cool with that. And if you want to be downstage center in the spotlight all the time, this is not going to be your home. So save yourself the anxiety, save the headaches. Go, good luck, with whatever you want to do. In this ensemble, this is your role. You have a supportive foundation style role to make sure that Paul's story is alive and well and comes true every day. So are most of the people in the, uh, how, how many, what's the turnover? Uh, do, do, does it say? Very, very, no, hardly ever. I mean, uh, maybe once every couple of years, somebody will uh, move on to something else or, you know, some of the gals decide they want to start families or something like that. But this band, I mean, the band itself has been intact for probably since the jump. I mean, uh, again, you know, when Derek left to be the MD on the East Coast band, uh, we ended up getting Vitaly Capri in on that keyboard position. And, you know, he ain't going anywhere. You know, uh, listen, my ex-wife is the other piano player. You know, we loved this band. <laughs> we were married. We, we started working together in TSO. And then we got divorced and we're still bandmates and best friends. You know, we love what we do. You know, it, it would take a lot. It would take what happened last year to kind of, you know, thwart our efforts, if you will. Al, I've got to know because in a production this big and and the schedule, I just can't imagine uh, because y'all get so much done in a in a pretty quick amount of time. What does your average day look like? Tell us what an average day once the tour starts looks like for you. Uh, usually, uh, you know, it's it's up pretty early. You know, if I have um you know some press to do, like you guys and I are talking today. Uh, so, you know, there's some TV station appearances or radio things. You know, I want to get up and I want to kind of, you know, work out for an hour, have about 11 cups of coffee so I can <laughs> be on the verge of an anxiety attack, you know. Uh, you know, get to the venue by, I don't know, 10 a.m., give or take. Figure out if there's anything we have to fix from, like, the previous night's show and, you know, anything happened that we want to address. Uh, if not, just kind of chill for a little while, you know, for a 3 o'clock show. Sound check is usually around maybe one o'clock, one thirty. Make sure everything's tuned up right. You know, whatever the crew needs from us to do to again, if there's anything to fix. And then it's like you know, downbeat at three o'clock, get off stage at five thirty. You know, kind of towel off for a couple minutes, catch your breath, and doing that, do it again at seven thirty or eight o'clock. You know, uh, finish the show by let's say eleven. Uh, historically, there's always been a pretty big meet and greet and autograph line that we'll do. Get on the bus by midnight, pedal down, go. You know, repeat. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys are doing a rock show really the way a Broadway yeah. uh, actor would work with multiple shows in one day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, when they first kind of sprung this on us, I think in 2001 or 2002, they said, listen, we sold out. I I'm not sure if it was Colorado Springs or Salt Lake City, uh, maybe even both simultaneously. But they said the show sold out, and the promoter wants to know, can you do another show at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I'm like, what? <laughs> Ask me that one more time slowly. Like, you want us to do a rock show at three in the afternoon and then another one at eight o'clock? Sure, count me in. <laughs> I just the sound because of a rock I, show at 3 p.m. Yeah, I know. 
dude, because I can't stand sitting around all day. I, you know, it's like I, I just want to put the guitar around my neck and get to it. And if I have to wait until eight o'clock at night, I'm just sitting there like, that's the worst time of my life. It's just like, I love to play. Everybody in this organization loves to do what we do. So when they implemented that, and now I'd say most days are double show days. It's the greatest thing ever because we don't have time to do anything other than like wake up, brush your teeth, get dressed. Let's hit this. We love it. And twice a day. Awesome. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you, Al, and, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. And, and you're right. We're, we're all, we're all wanting to get back to some normalcy. Uh, and, and the holiday season and a Trans-Siberian Orchestra show is going to feel pretty good uh, after what we all went through last year. I hope so, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank both of you guys for having me today. It's a, a privilege to finally talk to you guys, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, I, I can't wait to get back to it. Um, for all the reasons, it's going to be extremely emotional. Um, live music is coming back. TSO is coming back. It's our 25th anniversary. And, and again, guys, thank you for the love and the support. Please stay safe. All my best to your families. And just know that we're coming home in a couple months. And I cannot wait to look everybody in the eyes as I stand down stage center and just thank everyone for being there. We miss all of you. We love all of you so much. So we're looking God forward to it. Yeah. God bless you, Al. Thanks to Al Petrelli, a Trans Siberian Orchestra. Find the tour dates when they'll be near you, transsiberian.com. And you can find all the details and then get your tickets and make plans to be with them when they come to your town. And thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash rickandbubba.